Hello and welcome to the podcast where we talk about creating experimental art in trauma-informed and sustainable ways that support artists, our communities, and the organization as a whole. I'm Molly, and you're listening to Any Other Anything. like to start with a little check-in and um, maybe a, a quick intro to who you are as a human being and then sure. we'll get into more gray boxy stuff. Yeah so um, my pronouns are they them and their or she her or fey fair I'll uh, I'll accept them all I'm just not a dude um, <laughs> and that's basically uh, that's basically it right so I'm a non-binary person and I am also an artist and I work with uh, with gray box as primarily a sound designer, um, but occasionally as a, as a, a performer and dancer and all of that. Um, yeah. And as far as check-in goes, I, uh, I've had a pretty productive Monday, which is always mm. nice. Like I mm-hmm. got the right amount of sleep. I got a little bit too much coffee and forgot to take some L-theanine with it. So I was just very jittery for a little bit. But, uh, but that seemed to carry all the way through lunch and through the end of my shift. So I've just been like banging out work today. And that's uh, a really satisfying feeling. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, I also had like that jittery coffee Monday thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not have that much coffee. So it very much took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened. What is it that you said that you have it with? I was going to say, do you know about it? It's uh, L-theanine. Oh, yeah. Like so it? a, no, so it's a it's a supplement. You can get it like uh like my partner and I we get it online, but like you could get it at the store, I'm sure, or just like a mm-hmm. GNC or whatever. Um, but yeah, L-theanine. It's apparently na- so. This is the part of the reason that uh, yerba mate is so effective, but doesn't oh. make you jittery because it natu- it's naturally occurring in yerba mate, but it's not in like say teas and coffees that hmm. have caffeine naturally occurring in them. So if you get the supplement and just take like 200 milligrams of L-theanine, it does the same thing and just neutralizes the jitters. So you don't get that like coffee tummy and you don't get that really sort oh. of like, ah, I'm anxious. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Thank you it's for the science the, lesson. It's changed the way that I caffeinate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, before we get into more of what you've done with gray box would you like to do a a ground down and a warm-up or talk us through it uh sure like my own yeah yeah um totally for a ground down i would generally do something like um i mean most mostly just deep breathing it uh so going back to work that i did that i've done in the past with like orange theater um Mm -hmm. is just sort of a getting into a space where, uh, here, let's see if we can. Yeah. yeah. We need to stand up for this one. Yeah. Totes. Um, cool. Here we go. So well, hopefully we've got a uh, good space on the microphone. Um, so yeah, generally what I would do is, uh, is stand in what, uh, what like the city company calls SOTS position, right? So that, feet shoulder width apart, um, like tailbone slightly tucked, 
slight bend in the knees. So like if so like if anybody were to come up and push you from any direction, you could easily recover, right? Um, and then what I would uh, and then I'd say uh, focus on the breath and also about releasing tension. So imagining that your skeleton is all perfectly stacked upon itself and uh, internally sound. So you are not using any muscles at all to stand. And then just feel that place where you stop holding on and controlling your breath to the point where you're like, you can exhale and wait for that, your body's natural impulse to just fill back up again and ride that sort of wave and just get a, get a sense for the natural rhythm of like, without going <laughs> and trying to control yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's Great. do like let's do like three or four breaths here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. That, that worked very well for me today. Good. I'm glad to hear um, it. Yeah. Uh, and as far as, um, as far as like a little warm up, I'm going to say since we're doing like, since we're podcasting, it's mostly going to be, uh, it's mostly voice today. So mm -hmm. probably a little bit of, uh, of tongue stretching is usually something that I like to do. So like, uh, so mm -hmm tip of the tongue up against the back of your uh, bottom teeth and then just stretch the whole tongue out. So, and uh, you can pulse with that and, and allow your uh, tongue to totally relax in between stretches and just like see how far you can press it out of your mouth. <sighs> and then uh, let's see, you wanna do a tongue twister? Okay. <laughs> uh, so we'll call in response. Uh, uh oh. I am a mother pheasant plucker. Here we go. I am a mother pheasant plucker. I pluck mother pheasants. I pluck mother pheasants. I am the most pleasant mother pheasant plucker. I am the most pleasant. Mo wait, what's mother the next pheasant word? plucker. Mother pheasant plucker. To have ever mother pheasant plucked. To have ever mother pheasant plucked. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, once more back. I haven't done that forever. Okay. <laughs> I am a mother pheasant plucker. I pluck mother pheasants. I am a mother pheasant plucker. I pluck mother pheasants. I am the most pleasant mother pheasant plucker to have ever mother pheasant plucked. I am the most pleasant mother pheasant plucker, plucker to have, to have mother ever pheasant Mother pheasant, Mother pheasant plucked. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I won't torture you with that too much. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. We haven't had anyone on the podcast yet to do, really do like vocal stuff. Um, so is and like like the tongue stretching. So thank you for for adding that in. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So with that, going into. Um, 
more of the specific roles that you've had within Graybox and the shows that you've worked on? Yeah. Would you like to I don't, summarize or, I don't know, sure. jump in somewhere there. Yeah. So, uh, so I remember, uh, I remember signing up on the Google sheet a while back. It must've been, it must've been two or two or three years ago by now, but, um, yeah, I put my info in and was like, I'd like to, I'd like to help out. And I do sound and stuff, which was, uh, which was like a big step for me at the time because I had mostly just been a performer for my whole experience. Right. Like I'd, dabbled in other in like tech avenues in uh in college and stuff but hadn't really taken the leap into like saying now i'm a sound designer or a composer or a musician essentially um and so i waited around for a while and then i sort of forgot about it and then i got an email an email <laughs> from you i'm pretty sure being like hey we're doing this piece uh do you want to come in and i don't remember what the first one that we did was called um tangled Myth. Yes. Was that the first one? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because it was something that was like coming out of, coming on the end of it's not that simple or something yeah. like that. But yeah, so Tangled Mess, it was uh it was such a delight to come into uh to come into a sp uh, a space with uh with other performers and uh devise something together especially from uh, from a side that I didn't have as much like hands-on experience in. Um, and it was also interesting to have such uh, such uh, an abbreviated rehearsal schedule, right? Mm -hmm. Because of everybody's sort of re relative schedules and it's like, okay, cool. I'm the one person that has like the day job. So it's like, well, we can't hang out until after five or on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was one of those good, like those good creative opportunities where like the constraint makes it easier to, uh, to flourish within that, um, which is now I find a pretty, uh, like a pretty reliable and comforting aspect of doing gray box work. It's just like, oh, cool. Yeah, this is going to be quick and we're going to figure out what we can do. And, um, and we're not going to be able to do anything more than that. And that's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you you have to excuse me. My cat uh, is trying to get out, and I have to open the door uh, for her. <laughs> of right course, back. of course. Um, my cat has also joined me for this recording, and normally he doesn't. So we'll see. We'll see Aww. how long this lasts. Yeah. <laughs> it's new. All right. So we got tangled uh, mess. Tangled mess. Um, then. And Tangled Mess also did, we did the little um, Take Back the Night version as well. Yeah, out in the, uh, out in that park on, uh, what is it, First Ave? Yeah. Right? Yeah, Central? it's up for Central. Or is it First? Yeah. It's the yeah. one that's next to the old post office. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was super cool because, uh, because of course, like, as expected, the tech, uh, the tech had a huge hiccup. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in running that one, which was uh, which was the the house band that was uh, mm -hmm. that was was like yeah sure you can plug in here I'll just control it from my iPad and then like yeah. turn me up <laughs> oh, yeah yeah so I had to scramble and everything like that but no it was fun yeah. it was uh, it's really cool to be able to take it to a different place and with a different mm -hmm. uh, a different arrangement of actors uh, mm -hmm. slash dancers mm -hmm. um, yeah and. 
Yeah, forgive me. You'll have to help me with all of the names because they're the first thing to go. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, okay, so from, oh boy, from Tangled Mess. And then there then, was, um, it was the- Do you have anything else in the spring? I don't think so in the spring because in the summer I was working with Howell. Um, right. And then it was the fall. And I think it was the big, uh, the big collective sort of piece where- mm-hmm. A lot of Crumble different collections. Crumble collection. That's the one. Yeah. Um, so that that one you you are in DNA's piece. Thanks for tuning in and please stop staring. Yeah. 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 And uh, you did sound for what I guess we'll call empty. That's um, right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which was super fun because I remember uh, I remember the email that you started off that uh, that project with was like, "Hey, I just watched this this like really uncomfortable video of Elvis singing a bunch of Americans like Dixie." Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you were like, "Well, I don't really know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something about this, right?" <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. was really cool i listened to that and then watched the video and was like oh yeah that's deeply unsettling Mm -hmm. uh and i think it worked like it was that one was so much fun to to watch too because it was all of the like all of the stuff and all of the newspaper and the pile of everything um but yeah like really to to sort of bring it all around and tie a bow is like i very much enjoy the experience of working with Greybox because uh, because I feel like a fellow performer mm-hmm. more than say like a designer, which mm. is something that works for me as like an actor. So like I definitely like the spotlight, but it's also fun to be behind <laughs> everybody and and like sharing that. And it's uh, I find that to be interesting to be so present and interacting with the with the rest of the performers on stage just in a role where it's like i'm my presence is only sound and that's Mm -hmm. uh, that i think is really really fun and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i like about it yeah um and i think with your history and we know each other because we both perform together as well so maybe that's part of it um but i i think you're like performer history comes in to play with the sound and mm-hmm. definitely informs it. And I mean, we're in such a tiny space typically yeah. um, <laughs> that like you can't not be a part of it if you're going to be doing everything live. Mm-hmm. Um, could, could you share a little bit about like your more like your internal process when you're in the space? Cause we do create in the same space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking more of the shows we've done together Um, with sound and you're in the space um like how how are you working in that space while you're also seeing the performers and myself generate material yeah um really the so the first thing that leaps to mind is uh is is having the benefit of uh of at least a little bit of viewpoints training. Um, yeah. And so being able to call on that and to lean on that vocabulary in terms of like, okay, cool, well, this is how I can watch and this is how I can receive uh, like inputs essentially, because like 
I'm working with computer and I have my own sort of like interfaces uh, that are letting me tell the computer what to do. And then the computer tells y'all like what's happening in my head essentially, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but then to, to like close that feedback loop, I have to get something back from, uh, from the performers, right? To influence like how I make my decisions and where I go next. Um, and so it's really like, the viewpoints is helpful in like insofar as you also speak viewpoints, right? But it's really just like whatever uh, whatever y'all are doing is something that is available for me to comment on or to add to, and uh, and really mostly what I try to do is uh, is to clarify what's already there. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. whether whether that goes with the movement as something that is uh, that is just like an atmospheric sort of texture that like will provide a bed for everything to float upon or uh, like, which can also turn choppy if you need waves um, or if it's something specifically textured or like, uh, like a certain source, source that we've talked about to say, okay, cool. Now is where we're going to drop this thing and see how it mm -hmm. plays and then also see how we can chop it and remix it. Um, yeah, that's uh without getting into into like fine technical details which is really not the like the point uh, mm -hmm. yeah about uh it's about watching and listening and mm -hmm. being surrounded with the right tools um and the knowledge limited though it is uh <laughs> to be able to to like use those to respond mm -hmm. yeah um i feel like two moments that really three moments that stick out for me with your sound um entangled mess when your the sound really became a character in the space mm -hmm. um and and i loved how the sound took on this this like i don't know like not godlike but this like uh, <laughs> you yeah, know that if you if that's there but like very much like it became this like pulse, like like what we can't touch in the space, like how we can't touch culture, we can't touch busy culture or, or you know, like yeah. that, that, yeah, your, your character of whatever that was. Um, mm -hmm. I'm thinking mostly with the kind of that self-care monologue. Oh was... my God, still one of the, still one of my favorite things. <laughs> I, yes. Is so great every night. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, um, and then also I'm thinking of empty. I don't remember how it came into the space, but that Mario Kart, like popping yeah. in, <laughs> and just like how it, like we needed that energy shift in the space, mm -hmm. and it provided it perfectly. Totally. Um, yeah, it's the it's one of those little bits of shorthand, which is like we could probably get into the nuances of like uh, of like intergenerational uh, communication, right? And how right. that that works for us, but might not work for everybody. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, for our purposes, it was exactly what we needed. And I think mm -hmm. that like the simplicity of that sound, even on its own, that da da da. Yeah. It's just like you know what me you know what that means yeah. when you hear oh, it. Oh, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think did that go right into? Do you remember the like the notification? Was, 
It was all yeah. of the like the notifications that we had uh, that we had woven with like that's what it was because you wanted these notifications and we wanted to also uh, concretize them a little bit in yeah. and so I uh, so the idea right was the uh, was like you get the notification what's the thing that you feel what's the thing that you do right. Mm -hmm. Of the mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm overloaded, so now I'm anxious. So like, I need a cigarette. I need a drink. Yeah. I, need a, I need to take my meds. Whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what, like the pouring. I think it was, you like put ice cubes in a glass and yeah, pour something, was, and that yeah, like, like do, 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 four do. or five different sounds together because there was like a uh, cork popping, yeah. uh, ice in the glass, the pouring, and then uh, and then just like a. Uh, uh, dropping the the glass on the on on the table or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like layering that Elvis, like really unsettling. Oh yeah, look it was so great. <laughs> yes, with Obama then coming in. Oh, oh yeah, amazing grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, those are just three of the moments I really felt like you created a character within the sound. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your performer roles as well. Yeah. Um, so you performed in, I, I see, thanks for tuning in and please stop staring and asses and seats is kind of connected in some ways. Um, they are definitely, because we definitely yeah. started working on asses and seats as an extension of, uh, of thanks for tuning in and please stop staring. Um, yeah, they're 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 part of the same nugget, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Which is uh, which was DNA wanting to uh, wanting to explore like being a publicly non-binary person, right? Mm -hmm. um, which again was a great experience for uh, like for me to come in and be like asked at the like at the end to be like, hey, somebody can't do this. Uh, mm -hmm can't do this can you hop in uh real mm -hmm. quick and i was like yeah i could probably do that <laughs> um yeah. and it was so cool being able to to make art with other uh with other queer folks which is the kind of thing that i hadn't really done a whole lot of outside of working with howl theater mm -hmm. um college but also like so many of us were closeted that it doesn't really count <laughs> right like <laughs> <laughs> like we had, like yeah. the weird thing about ASU when I was going through it is like a, it was a weirdly cishet sort of cohort that just kind of mm -hmm. just kind of like came and went. There was a there was a strange sort of liminal energy that, to where like we all kind of got kind of got through it and then came out uh, at the end <laughs> or later, <laughs> and then it's like oh cool yeah now this this yeah. thing great yeah. now I can do that. Um, right so yeah. Uh, John and DNA and I were mm -hmm. a whole, a whole cast that all were non-binary and went by they them, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so and our it, first <laughs> all non-binary they them cast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just a great opportunity to be among like peers. Um, it's interesting, th like the different levels of peers, right? Uh, of like we had like we come together as performers and artists and creators mm -hmm. and things like that and then mm -hmm. uh, then I can connect with like DNA and John uh, mm -hmm. as performers and artists but also as non-binary people and so like a whole host of other and like experiences that we share that we can comment on or make fun of or whatever <laughs> um, 
and that is the more and more that I go on like collaborating um, as an artist with others is uh, that I find to be the most satisfying parts of the work is being able to come together with like-minded people with similar experiences and be like, oh, cool. Yeah. Here's all the things that we like, we don't get to see enough of and we all get that. So like, we don't have to have a conversation explaining like, <laughs> like who we are and how we fit into the world. You know, mm -hmm. like there's, there's so much that you can just take as uh take as a given and then just go for there or go mm -hmm. from there rather. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very much enjoyed my time as a performer thus far and I'm looking to do more of it, uh, like yeah. like the onstage part too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 2021. Um, yeah. Well, or you know, I, I mean, but, like, but like in front of, instead of behind the audience, right? <laughs> yeah. And thinking that you were a part of the first official virtual performance that we had. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do you want to share a little bit about that? Um, sure, it was, so it was very early in the quarantine, which was also, like, looking back on it, it feels like, I mean, and I know the standard joke is, like, it's been 10, ten years since March, right? But, like, <laughs> uh, but even now, looking back on it, like, it does feel so far, so far back, and it's almost difficult to to like remember what that period was like because it was mm -hmm. so, so like for me it took me a while before my day job was able to uh was able to send me to work from home uh because of all sorts of logistics and whatever and it's like big corporation we didn't we can't buy all of those laptops right now whatever um, <laughs> But yeah, so I think I might have been, I might have still been like going into the office and back uh, while we were rehearsing for that. Can't remember now. And it doesn't matter. But like, that's lost to the sands of times. It was a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool to, uh, it was cool to share that kind of, uh, that, that level of intimacy with uh with fellow artists because that's like and that was one of the things that we talked about during the process of like what are we going to do with this thing because it really is starting to be about now like this medium that we're using to 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 tell this thing or to do this thing um and so one of the things that we talked about is that video chat zoom right is inherently so much more intimate than other meetings and things like that because like we can like we're in each other's rooms right now mm -hmm. essentially right mm -hmm. and it's uh it it feels to me kind of like uh what it used to be like working at a starbucks drive-through where it's like mm -hmm. i'm in the drive-through i own this space uh and i am the master of my universe <laughs> and i can <laughs> ensure that you get your caramel macchiato or you don't right <laughs> but then like you drive up in your car and I open a window, you open a window. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're both in each other's personal spaces because like mm -hmm. your car is the extension of your house on the road. And so it's always that weird sort of tension that you get in a drive-through experience of like, yeah, why are you in my space? But also I need that thing. So yeah, here's this money. Fine. Give me my coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. So being on, uh, being on video chats uh, all the time feels similar to that exchange. And it's like, there was a big culture shock, like in the beginning of getting used to that. 
uh, and it, and deciding what kind of boundaries you're going to set about that. Right. Like, like my partner, she, uh, like, her her deal is like if you want me to be if you want to be able to have me on meetings i don't have to turn on my camera for you <laughs> yeah more of that right it's like that those no, boundaries you yeah you don't need to see into my house right mm -mm. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah we talked about that kind of thing we talked about yeah. um like what it's like just being uh being non-binary um and did some sort of automatic writing on that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, but it was still really when it came down to it, just a, like a, a rehearsal process, you know, like we just happened to be doing it in our, in our own houses. Um, so it was still hugely satisfying. And I definitely got the same sort of rush from that I usually get from rehearsals, right? Mm -hmm. um, that feeling of like, oh, I'm like, I'm dragging, I'm dragging, I'm dragging, I'm dragging. Now I've, now I'm on for the first time all day, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, which I kind of wasn't expecting. And the same thing with, uh, with actual, with the performances, it was like, mm -hmm. I got that buzz, you know, <laughs> like that stage buzz. And I, wasn't sure if it was going to happen, but I was like, oh yeah, there's the, like, there's the adrenaline, the butterflies of like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. people are watching. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was really weird and like the circumstances that, le that lead to it, right, are unfortunate, but it was so heartening to be able to find that kind of that kind of solace in a way, because mm -hmm. art is definitely one of those things that is necessary for me mm -hmm. to do to be uh to feel uh and to be a whole person right like mm -hmm. i have figured out at this stage that i have to have some sort of art that i'm making at any given time like even if it's just something small of like oh yeah i'm just gonna noodle on the on the keyboard and play with a new synth <laughs> patch or something right or mm -hmm. Or ideally, it's a big actual thing with other people and deadlines, and you're like, okay, cool. Now we're gonna do a thing, and you bring in, your, yeah. like, you call your friends, and they're like, sure, we'll sit in the dark for you, um, <laughs> and then you get, then you get to make faces at them and shit. It's great. Um, I okay. So thinking about asses and seats, mm -hmm. um, I felt that it, it felt like a very vulnerable performance, and. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. I'm thinking specifically about the. It felt improv-y between you mm. and John. That that long conversation back and forth, and the lowering of uh, the camera, or and picking yeah. up the phone each time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm curious, from your perspective, would it have reached that same level of vulnerability if you weren't in your personal space? That's an interesting question. Uh, I mean, I don't know, right? Because, uh, mm -hmm. because you'd have to try it both ways. But, um, mm -hmm. I think that, like, I think there's a lot of ways to look at that, right? So I think mm -hmm. that it's, uh, I would like the, there's a part of me that says I would like to, to imagine that, yes, of course, we're like, we're both performers and we still are, like, we're still have the same capabilities and and craft and technique and uh, yada 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 whatever you need to to accomplish that thing um mm -hmm. we had the right ingredients so if if we were in a physical space then we could surely recreate the same thing mm -hmm. 
but uh the but then like the zen part of me that's like uh you can't step in the same river twice is like <laughs> well no probably not like it like it would be inherently different right if we were to do it in a it, like in a shared space in real life um just because now you're dealing with a different architecture right and you're de dealing with a different set of stimuli that you can get from uh, from the other person like you're dealing with the full bandwidth of uh of communication which is like everything that's not just verbal or what you can see on a zoom call right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think it's uh it, it exists in in a weird dual sort of space in much the same way as like translations ex exist right mm -hmm. it, it makes me think of um there's a great lecture series by jorge luis borges and the name of it escapes me now of course but one of the lectures that he gives is called uh, or is about uh translation um and how like if you take the example of a poem right you can have the like the poem exists in its original form in its original language and then you you as a translator who like who are given the task of say make recreate this poem in this other language it's like you have similar sorts of ways to go about it right it's like okay cool are we going to do a direct like transliteration of a one-to-one -one match of just this word means this thing and it goes like this and it's in the right grammar and it makes mm -hmm. sense like it's semantically intact hmm. Or are you going to do something that is a little bit more interpretive or a or a, like a various mixture of the two? And what is that like, regardless of what approach you take for that, what is the other thing on the end, uh, like the end result? Like that translation is ultimately always something new, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it is mm -hmm. inspired by the original thing and it's trying to be an analog or a... Uh, like a simulacrum of the of the original thing but it's not mm -hmm. like because it can't be because it mm -hmm. was written in a different language <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah i think if like at the most complex answer to that question yeah it's like a translation right. it's totally different <laughs> <laughs> but, like yeah it'd probably be similar <laughs> yeah cool thanks for taking us on that journey yeah <laughs> oh, that was fun that was fun um so for someone who's listening to this, who's really connecting with your journey as an artist um, mm -hmm. and and also someone who is not just an artist, but also like got that nine to five, um, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So like, what have you found useful um, to, to sustain yourself and to keep moving forward? So honestly, it like, the nine to five, <laughs> right? Like, because <laughs> uh, I can remember there was a, like there was a period of time uh, when I was a younger, when I was a younger artist um, and I was like, I was definitely experiencing burnout, right? Like mm -hmm. I was pushing myself too hard and I was, uh, I, my expectations were unrealistic and I was definitely not taking a holistic view of my life and my personhood essentially and like the responsibility that, that comes with that um 
because like I, like I was definitely privileged enough to have uh, to have parents who were like, yeah, well, as long as you're doing something that's like, as long as you're actively doing something that is that is towards what you want to do, and also you have a job that fulfills X amount of whatever like responsibility to us, yeah, you can stay with us whenever you like, however long you want. Um, and so that was hugely like hugely beneficial for so long like i didn't move out of my parents house until i was 30 right because i was just like wanted to keep doing this artist thing um and i was very gung-ho about the about doing art but i was also like still kind of still laboring under the delusion that i could just like do that and it would eventually like catch and just be like oh cool it's magic now i don't have to worry about it and i just like my bills are paid and um mm-hmm. but that's not how it worked for me because mm-hmm. like that was about the level of the privilege right so like my parents didn't have the eno- like enough money to be like yeah here's here's some living expenses <laughs> right right uh so it definitely came up against that ceiling and uh and was like okay cool well i have this job uh it is in like a good company that is like a stable industry and like a stable mm-hmm. company in its own uh in its own sort of space uh, mm-hmm. like is probably going to be around for a while. And they're also the kind of co- company that does like to promote from within. So while we're still here, mm-hmm. might as well just get on, at least get on that escalator for a while and, <laughs> and see if it'll see if it'll take us, take us up to the level of like moving out of your parents' house. And it did yeah. um, initially at the expense of, uh, of burnout, um, because I was trying to do it all at the same time. And then I finally got some clarity on that and was like, oh, okay, cool. If I really want to progress at this job and build something like a career, I'm going to have to reassess the way that I'm spending my time and allocating my resources. Um, and so what that meant at the time was, uh, was stepping back from the work that I had been doing with Orange and just going into trying to make a career. Um, which I am happy to say that I have been doing uh, fairly well, knock wood, uh, at, over the last three or four years uh, since I really started putting my nose to the grindstone. Um, and it's paid off. And one of the benefits that took a little while to kick in after I like said, okay, cool, we're going to step back. We're going to try to get out on our own and like eventually was able to move out, uh, move in with my partner, like have have a home life that even though it's still shared is something that's mine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and once that was really established and said, okay, cool. Like this, this boat will float. Like this is going to keep for a little bit. Um, then I was able to go back and add art back into the experience and not a moment too soon, because again, like I need art, I need to be making mm-hmm. something. And so that was really not great for my depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so it's, it's become an interesting journey of like balancing all of these things, you know, like it's like playing the Sims, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like, it really is kind of like that. You just have all of these bars that are like, yeah, you need to eat. Yeah. You need to be hydrated, but also you need to go to the bathroom. Like, and mm-hmm. you need a house, you need a social, a social experience. You need to be doing mm-hmm. something creative or like making sure the house is clean, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And if you do all of the right, like 
all of the right things, you have a reasonable expectation outside of the confines of lace-ace capitalism and the rise of fascism and also a pandemic. But outside mm-hmm. of that, you have a reasonable yeah. expectation that you can feel decent about yourself and like the small <laughs> like scrap of humanity that's been <laughs> that's being told out to us every paycheck. <laughs> but anyway, enough with the yeah. positivity. Uh, <laughs> right. But but no, it really is like it was something that uh, that as a, that as a younger person, I was like, no, I don't want to be a sellout, right? Like, even though mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever said that specifically, like that was definitely the emotion that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be a sellout; I just want to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I learned was that it's okay to not like it's okay to also take care of yourself and also admit that like we live in a society, (laughs) right? And there are requirements and it doesn't make you any less of an artist to have to, to, to like have to eat and pay the electric bill, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. especially in Phoenix, like you will die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It does happen all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was, it has really been, freeing in that way because now I have that set schedule it's like it's a nine to five and it is literally that like I don't work on the weekends I don't work in the evenings I am free during the times that are that have usually hitherto been reserved for rehearsals anyway Mm -hmm. so like and my needs are being met like my my responsibilities are are being taken care of so and also I count myself lucky to be working in a day job that does not follow me home. <laughs> yes. So that's another, like, that's another really good thing of like, I clock out of work. I am done with work. Like I don't have a work cell phone. I don't like, I don't have anything like that. Like I'm not on call. Um, they can figure out what, like if they want to ask me something more at the next scheduled work time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is, uh, that is also really, really, uh, really, really good for, doing art in my spare time because then it's like okay cool I'm done with this I can be totally into this project for the next chunk of time mm-hmm. or I can be an absolute just like garbage person and take a <laughs> night off and feel okay about you know playing video games and eating junk food or whatever <laughs> like uh, so yeah it's the balance yeah. that uh that in the like I can am only able to be doing art because I have that job you know mm-hmm. so yeah. now I'm out of it right like it's worth it's a worthwhile pursuit and even though it's not producing the type of content that like I would prefer it's the mm-hmm. kind that they're willing to pay for so mm-hmm. I can do that for now yeah yeah it's great, like finding the stability in one place to allow for that fluidity to happen someplace else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, once yeah. once I really was able to to internalize and to process that idea fully, I was like, okay, fine, I get it. It works. Like it actually, it's just great, and it just works, and it's not a problem. You don't have to feel ashamed about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That, that you can't like, and it also it makes me think of just like one other thing and then we'll get, then we can move on. But, um, no, this is great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of, uh, Oh gosh. And I can't remember her name of course, but, uh, but it's the woman, it's the author who wrote, um, 
Eat, Pray, Love, right? Um, Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes, Elizabeth Gilbert. Right? So, okay. Totally. So she, turns out, is super fantastic. Uh, she's been on a couple of episodes of, uh, of one of my favorite podcasts, which is My Brother, My Brother and Me. Um, mm -hmm. And they brought her on. They do an advice show, but they're also just really silly. Um, so they brought <laughs> her on as a guest expert, a guest expert, uh, to answer questions from their audience. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that she talked about was, like, like one of her rules or recommendations for like being a creator, don't quit your day job. Like mm -hmm. absolutely not. Do not do it. Hang on to that thing as long as you can, because the moment that your art becomes your sustenance, like mm -hmm. something changes about that relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. Because now it's not just like, oh, everything is taken care of and I get to do my, like, I get to engage in my creative side and do all of these kind of things. And it's okay, like, inherent in that, like, compact that you have with yourself, right, is cool. I've taken care of the vegetables and now I get to have the candy, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if now the candy has to be the vegetables, like, it's going to affect the way that you think about it and the way that you put your energy, devote your energy to that. And it's going to change things. So like mm -hmm. hold on to that, to really that freedom until it reaches a point where you can't hold on to it anymore. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that feels like a pretty, like a pretty solid way to transition. Like if you do like happen to be one of the lucky people who get like catches a break or like the stars align or like whatever it takes to, to like achieve success, which is of course a variously defined term for everybody, yeah. but, but to achieve like that classic idea of success of like hitting it big and like, now I'm an artist for the, like I can be an artist on my taxes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, so I have like a bunch of post-it notes um, to to the, the left of me and I like pick out whatever one I need for the day. And um, Elizabeth Gilbert, her book, um, Big Magic, I think that's mm -hmm, what it's mm -hmm. called. Yeah. One um, that is, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, it has uh, to be a disciplined half-ass and uh, to to move through my perfectionist tendencies or whatever fear-based whatever I'm dealing with. Um, mm -hmm. That's my post-it note. And nice. Yeah, she's got some really great, like, like, I don't know if I'd say like radical, but like really like counterculture to what it is to be an artist. Absolutely. And so it, like, it feels like a very healthy sort of realism and pragmatism, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, mm -hmm. yeah, she like, having heard her on the podcast, like she just feels like a real person, right? And it's just, like, yeah, this is me. And I just happen to do this thing and it seems to have worked out. So like, this yeah. is great. But also yeah. like change that I'm a normal person and like I had a day job too, right? Like mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be always like, I happen to be from the elite class and now I get to do this because of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, are you up for some rapid fire questions? Sure. And they're like rapid fire. I'm not very good at like, anyways, ready? It's, it's because you need like, you need theme music, right? There's got to be the... <laughs> we need the Mario Kart. Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, 
right. Well, next well, time. In the absence of that, yeah, we can imagine. <laughs> okay. So here you go. What is your favorite prop within a gray box collective show and why? Mm, definitely the newspaper from Empty. Uh, it mm. was so much. Like I remember you br- you bringing it in in like the big uh, in like the big containers, uh, and then we pulled it out and squished squished it all up, and it became so much bigger of a mountain that you could <laughs> actually bury two people in it. Um, yeah, fantastic, and it took up so much space both uh both physically and like semantically it was so imposing and the texture the way that it moves yeah there's my it's absolutely my favorite prop yeah yeah the sound that first day like (laughs) we were both like it's really loud (laughs) yeah (laughs) what is your favorite artistic risk that you have taken within gray box collective uh taking the risk of calling myself a sound designer and just jumping in with no with no like real practical experience of i've designed a sound for a show ever yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that was a huge one a huge one was just like claiming that for myself and hey it worked out <laughs> yeah yeah i love that um okay what's the weirdest thing you've had to google for show research uh, or like the weirdest rabbit hole of the internet you've wandered down in mm. the name of art? I think probably the weirdest thing with regards to Graybox has been polyvagal theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of, which I, of which I still only have a very surface understanding because like that's what was appropriate to, to structure my, like my work. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't really need to dive super deep into it, but it's mm-hmm. very, very cool. Um, mm-hmm. And would like to know much more about this big nerve that connects to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I will nerd out anytime. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, last thing to wrap it up. Are there any other anything that you would care to share? Uh, I'm just really excited to make more work. Like, um, yeah, that's the, th- the thing that I want to do next is, uh, is something that we didn't have the time to, uh, to really incorporate in Asses and Seats, which is to, um, which is to now in- start including sound design in zoom right because we have finally figured out that you can like technical technical jargon whatever like you can do the thing and it's like (laughs) it it can work um yeah so i'm super excited for that and really uh really looking forward to to playing with that or even just like jamming uh with folks uh Mm -hmm. like dna tried to have dna and i had tried to have a jam session a little while ago, and then we we were both just like, "Hey, this actually wasn't the right time. Let's rain check," and we just haven't got back to it, right? So, um, cool. like, I'm so looking forward to new opportunities to just like explore this weird virtual space that we find ourselves in, even though it's like, oh, great, another video call meeting, but like, mm-hmm. it's it feels so different when you're like, okay, cool, this is now a medium for us to work. It, like to work in to work on as opposed to like well I guess I have to use this thing and I wish I didn't wish these people couldn't see my dirty sheets <laughs> <laughs> yeah I appreciate that because it does it feels so different 
to yeah. to hop on here even like to have a conversation with you versus like to have a rehearsal it's like no this is like a thing we're gonna like figure out mm-hmm. versus oh I have to like figure out how to sit in the meeting to like block some of my piles of like whatever yeah, right yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to be like so close mm-hmm. um, it's like that's why the camera is low right now because like now you can't see all of the all of the mess of of things that are on my bed right now right <laughs> like, sorry that's not this yeah. podcast <laughs> yep yep strategic strategic yep. You didn't awesome then, so <laughs> <laughs> all right would you like to do a checkout a formal sure. closure mm-hmm. um yeah how you doing what are you thinking about uh i'm doing great i am feeling much more awake than i was uh when we started because i had literally just woken up off the couch um so thanks that's always Mm -hmm. always a nice side effect i find of these kinds of things and yeah i am looking forward to having a little dinner and uh maybe making a music i don't know i played with some music last night maybe i'll just play a video game tonight yeah what video game? Oh, definitely. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I've been playing a little. I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley recently, and uh, and just like grinding a lot on Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Um, nice. Yeah, but uh, a friend of mine recommend recently recommended a, a a totally different game on Switch, so I might look that one up and give it a shot. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How about you? um doing well yes always like energizing to to be able to chat with you and and talk about creative stuff um and how we always kind of go for our 90s references i don't know why because for 90s kids (laughs) that's true that's true we're the same vintage um so yeah um i'm also think i've been getting back into video games courtesy of the pandemic and like nostalgic (laughs) ones yeah um okay so there's this game called aqua aqua like Ooh. dreamcast we're going back oh wow um, okay yeah. i was always a nintendo kid so i don't know a lot of the okay. sega games yeah yeah um aqua aqua crazy taxi yes um, I do crazy taxi <laughs> yes i still can't drive for anything <laughs> on it um, <laughs> and uh worms armageddon oh my god Got about worms, yes. Yeah, with yeah. like the sheep bombs and the holy hand grenade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been like a walk down memory lane of video games this summer. That's fantastic. Oh yeah, that's the other thing that I go back every once in a while. I've been going back to like Super Mario World on Nintendo oh. uh, on Super Nintendo because like you can you can pay a monthly fee and then you get access to a bunch of old games on Switch. Nice. Uh, which is super cool. So I'm like going back and rediscovering how hard those old games are mm-hmm. and also rediscovering just how much time I sunk into those games when I was a child and it cost nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when it was so cheap, I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to spend six hours trying to, trying to beat five levels on Super Mario World. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like all the, in Worms Armageddon, like, training how to use the ninja rope and all of that like mm-hmm. go through every level until like i aced it and yep. now it's like i i don't know but it does come back up i'm like yeah still got it mm-hmm. skills never that time comes back that time comes back for us <laughs> <laughs> awesome 
Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's been fun talking. Yeah, same.